orbiting a gas giant planet called Grey are seven moons. For a century, these Grey worlds have been locked in an interlunar war, their lands, skies, and seas boiling with the conflict. Ancient technology lies buried across the Grey worlds and the many natural and unnatural satellites that orbit the planet Grey. The first of these to be discovered and domesticated were the Echians, machines made in the shape of humankind that could be used in warfare and labor. These first Echians were found in the dust of the Grey worlds and were made of advanced alloys and unknown ceramics. These became known as Prime Echions, and though they could not be replicated perfectly, they could be copied. In time, each of the Grey Worlds developed vast Echion armadas of their own. The next artifacts to be tamed were the tethers, cable and anchor satellites orbiting each of the many moons, abandoned space stations, and asteroids in Grey's orbit. These tethers allowed for quick access off-world, and using the tethers, people from the Grey World soon mastered interlunar travel. The results of these early flights between worlds were mixed. Empires and corporations rose and fell across the worlds, conflict and diplomacy blooming and wilting as nations made contact for the first time. But the greatest of these artifacts are the massive rings that surround Grey's son, Woden. Long dormant, the rings are capable of drawing on the energy of the sun for whatever purposes their wielder could imagine. With the rings of Woden, one could conquer not just the Grey Worlds, but could forge an empire across the solar system and beyond. For centuries, the rings were thought so far beyond reach as to be unattainable. But 60 years ago, on an atmosphereless moon called Redark, there was found the ruins of a long-ago laboratory, and records concerning the construction of the rings. The notes and communications there proved that the rings could be activated and their power harnessed. And though its initial discoverers attempted to keep the information secret, it quickly spread through all the nations of the Grey Worlds. What followed was the onset of the Great War of Grey. Factions across the Grey Worlds now vie for control of artifact technology, striking out against their rivals for power and the next step towards finding the clues that will lead them to the key to the rings. There is not a world orbiting Grey that has been untouched. There is not a soul that has been unaffected. And that is where you come in. one RPG actual play podcast. I am your husband and GM, Zach. I am your wife and player, Diana. And I'm your friend and editor, Zach. And this is Beam Saber Session Zero in preparation for the Rings of Woden OVA. I hope you both are very prepared for me to get super anime for this entire mini arc. What? (laughs) (laughs) I never would have thought that. So we're recording, we're starting recording two hours late because I tried to set up a pair of new Yeti microphones and it totally destroyed everything. And then I panicked and I destroyed things worse. So if I'm bringing a weird energy to the table, that's why. (laughs) Time is a flat circle. So what's two hours really? Yeah. True. True. I got my uh, podcast juice, aka Kona Blend Java Monster. How are you two doing? Fine. I'm ready to be a robot. Drive a robot? Drive a robot. I don't actually know what a mech is. Yeah, I guess I think I guess you drive it. Uh you pilot pilot it? Listen, I watched Avatar, the blue one. I'm ready. That's not I know. No. Nope. <laughs> the movie? The worst. 
Yeah. The Are there mechs in it? No. There is a power well, suit in it. There oh. is a power suit, but like the like alien suits that they make, the like the avatars that they make, I feel like are kind of like mechs. Like you're a consciousness in something that's not yours that you're piloting and I like mean, moving around. They are kind of they're kind of biomechs. Yeah. That's not that's not, not inaccurate. I'm not wrong. I've never seen the movie. I'm just asking questions that I know oh. I don't understand the answers. <laughs> oh. You should watch the movie. It's weird. Um I feel like I missed the boat. Maybe. That's true, maybe. Because I feel like there was a lot of discussion afterwards that it was like problematic. Very colonizer. Which was the point of the movie. Well, it was I mean, about Colin. Anyway, we don't have to get into it. Well, it's just like a book. Welcome to our Avatar <laughs> Worse than that is the there's there's actually a really interesting documentary about the Pandora theme park it, that's part of Universal, I think, and how it celebrates colonialism, even though the like the whole point of the movie is that colonialism is evil. Um, but the theme park just like completely undoes the messages of the of the actual movie. It's actually really interesting. Uh, but that's not what we're here today <laughs> about. Um, although uh, the, you could certainly explore uh, issues of colonialism in this game, we are playing Austin Ramsey's Beam Saber, which is going to Kickstarter in March. So if you are listening to this, uh, either at the either end of February or early March, Please make sure to check out Austin Ramsey's Kickstarter for Beam Saber at tinyurl.com forward slash Beam Saber Kickstarter. That'll take you to the Kickstarter and uh, check out this game. Diana and I have played it once before with Austin at Breakout Con and we had a really good time and uh, we're playing it again because I love mechs. Yep. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so Zach, you played mechs into plowshares with me in an episode that has not yet been released we're gonna hold on to that for a little while mm. we in that we talk a little bit about how you don't have a ton of experience with mechs i do not so i went a little hard in prep for this and i made like a a big pinterest board sorting mechs into different like categories from like super robots to like battletech style western mechs to zoids and evangelion which are not connected, but I kind of connected them as like biomechs. And we decided that we were going to go with something a little bit like uh, like um, Universal Century Gundam is what we're talking about today. Smart move. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to push a little bit for fantasy mechs a la Escaflone, but, you know, there's, there's always next time. Literally, does it look like the Power Rangers? Yep, cool. That's my experience with Gundam. I was going to ask you if you understood anything he was saying. No, not okay. a single thing. Does it look like Power Rangers? Yes, cool. Okay, you have seen both Escaflone and Gundam 8th MS Team. I don't remember either of those, but I have <laughs> seen Voltron, which is sort of Gundams. You're making him angry. I know. Voltron is... On the, like, the high end of the Supermax. I know. Which some Gundam series are kind of on, like, the high end of Supermax. I want to go on the low end of Supermax, like, a la Gundam HMS. No, no, that's so super. That is so super. Power Rangers is the most super. <laughs> low end. So, like, they, they do things that robots obviously couldn't do, but we just still kind of treat them as machines. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I agree with you on that definition that you have provided. Okay, so that's what that's the the tone of the mechs that we are aiming for is that they do things that that machines couldn't do, but we treat them as machines that can break down, that need parts replaced, um, that that aren't unlimited in their power, and their power isn't drawn from fantastic sources. I'm with you. Got it. Understanding. Yes. Okay. We are also playing in a setting called uh, the Rings of Woden, which. I kind of went hard and made up this 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 setting uh, because I've been working on an astrobiology book for my work, and I got really into like Dyson spheres and space hook tethers and like all this other potential technology. And I'm also still in love with the game of Lady Blackbird that we played um, like months ago for Various mm. Bellows, and like this idea of independent worlds that are very reachable and how those would interact so we're playing in um not just within a solar system but literally within a planet 
So there's this huge gas giant and surrounding the gas giant are like seven major moons and then like a dozen minor moons, some of which have atmosphere, some of which don't. And they're all populated by peoples. Uh, And each planet um, or each world has individual nations, but also there's definitely like some people have definitely run away with power. I sent the two of you four main factions, which Beam Saber has great example factions and also really good guides for like how to come up with your factions, starting with um, the type of government that it has. So we have an, uh, an empirical oligarchy called the Nobu Sargasu Empire. We have a corporatocracy called the Greater Grey Formation, which is composed of um, different O'Neill cylinders, a, a, like space stations, um, that have come together under a corporatocracy. Uh, the Antaean Union, which is a democracy that has come together essentially to fend off the imperial forces. And the Eight Angle Mudra, which is a theocracy that's kind of um, presents itself as very peace loving and it is a relief organization, a relief government. Um, but there's definitely some war hawks within its ranks. Hmm. So we talked a little bit about what was interesting to you two. Uh, what what faction do you want to your characters to belong to? We talked about the GGF, the corporation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I find the idea of, you know, sci-fi corporation involved in this sort of inner empire struggle interesting. I agree. Cool. The Greater Grey Formation um, is composed of a little bit more than, like, half of these uh, O'Neill Cylinder, these colonies, um, which were also, some of which were found artifacts, um, and some of which were, like, made by your society. For a long time, they were held under Novu Sargassan rule, imperial rule, and then they rebelled under this um, corporatocracy called the uh, the Greater Grey Formation, which kind of, like, started off as, like, corporate terrorism and eventually, like, became a nation unto itself. So the Greater Grey Formation are kind of rebels that are becoming a nation, um, but are also very, very deeply tied up with like corporate ideology and corporate hierarchy. It functions like a company. So yeah, if you if that's the foundation, uh, the um, faction, the faction that you want to be allied with, that's perfect. I like it. Being rebels, corporate rebels, corporate rebels. Mm-hmm. I love it. So different for Diana being a rebel, not following <laughs> the rules. It's so different. <laughs> Then our next step is to choose a squad. I think y'all looked through the squad sheets, right? Yes, we did. Yeah. And we, again, had talked a little bit before the podcast, but we sort of settled on research and development just to kind of play this game on hard mode. I don't think that's... I. It's not really. Yeah. But we're not like, we're not like the squad of... We're not like your first line of defense when you're... Mm. Or your first line of attack when you're going into somewhere. Um We've got some other things going on with us because we're part of the research and development squad, which I thought would be interesting. I don't know. Cool. So uh, there should be a section for your patron faction. So you can put the GGF there or the Greater Grey Formation. And then... We need a direct supervisor. Yeah. Superior, not supervisor. Though I guess it would be supervisor if we were a corporation. Yeah. Um, let's see. Create an NPC who is the direct superior of the squad. Um, your direct superior is second director of operations for the 8th Palark region, Vanessa Arturia. So Vanessa. Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa. I, I just wrote Vanessa? Yeah, that's fair. That's what or, I would have written. What or, was her last name? Uh, Arturia. Her shorthand title is D-O-O Arturia. Is she a doctor? Uh, no. Do okay. Dr. Vanessa? <laughs> I don't... That went over my head. <laughs> so, next we choose a goal for our patron faction. Things to consider in this decision are the amount of politics, combat, and brutality everyone wants, as well as themes they might want to explore. So, as I envisioned them, the GGF's main goal, um, and this is not necessarily the goal that you 
and your, that your squad is most interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the GGF's main goal is independence from the Novu Sargasu Empire and to unite the, the stations, okay. the rest of the stations. But uh, obviously they have a lot of other goals like beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on what you're interested in, we can... Oh, there's also... Okay, so there are other options. So the, the standard options are assault the, the foe, um, which are fight an enemy. Divided they fall, manipulate the enemy's plans. Golden streets, uh, improve the supply situation of the patron faction. Hearts and minds, change the popular opinion of a faction in a manner that benefits your patron faction. Okay, so I think this is your goals for the patron. Oh. Sorry. Uh, Hostile takeover, deny the enemy supplies. Intelligence coup, steal valuable information from the enemy. Manufacture heroes. Act against a specific squad at least two tiers higher than the player squad. So you're, like, going after... You're trying to be big damn heroes. Uh, Secure the borders. Take proactive measures to protect the patron faction. Did any of those sound particularly interesting to you? These are our personal goals for our faction. Yeah. I think for me in the playbook I'm thinking of, I think secure the borders seems appropriate. Um, Because it... They're trying to sort of unite the colonies, right? And, like, so, I don't know. I would think, like, establishing footholds in these places would be important. Yeah. I think Secure the Borders is is solid. I think Intelligent Coup, Intelligence Coup, is also a good one. Specifically for the... That's very specific to the mission I had in mind. Okay. Um, but uh, I don't think that necessarily needs to be your, like, the faction's main goal. Mm-hmm. Can you read those two for me again? Uh, intelligence coup is steal valuable information from the enemy. This can be done multiple ways. Uh, the benefit of intelligent coup is big brother. Between advances in tech and an extensive spy network, you can get the answers you want. Once per session, a pilot may spend too stressed to ask the GM a question the GM must answer honestly. That so, sounds very corporate. Yeah, it does. What's the other one? Secure the... You said secure the borders, right? Yeah. Uh, take proactive measures to protect the patron faction. This can be done by removing enemy agents, acting within the patron faction, uh, weakening neighboring regions, constructing defenses, etc. That would also make sense in my current, like, for this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the benefit is nano-laminate armor. Molecule-thin layers of ceramic alloy composite are electromagnetically bonded to each other to create armor that is half the weight of standard vehicle armor but maintains the same durability. Each vehicle can have one NLA declared. Functions as oh, nanolaminate armor. Functions as normal armor but is load one. So your armor is lighter. Um, lighter. Hmm. Uh, golden streets also might make sense. Improve the supply situation of the patron faction by improving the wealth rating of regions. The, uh, the benefit is beggars can be choosers. The squad knows how to beg, barter, and steal for more supplies when they really want to. Uh, that's for the supply roll at the end. I think the intelligence one makes a lot of sense. I kind of agree. For the corporation? Yeah. Okay. So uh, is there a space for that? For your um... Not explicitly, but there's like a note section. Yeah, note. Uh, and write down a benefit big brother. So okay. each, each of you can spend two stress to ask me a question that I must answer, honestly. What was the goal again, though? Can you read it? The intelligent what? Oh, to steal that. Va- uh, intelligence coup is steal valuable information from the enemy. Okay. And, sorry, big brother. Uh, spend two stress to ask the GM a question. Okay. The squad playbook you chose was research and development. So we're going to choose an initial reputation and a forward operating base. What is, what's your rep... What is your reputation? Um, what do people think of the two of you? Are we the only members of the squad? You are the only Ekin pilots in your squad. Okay. I feel like research and development would be like a good department to be in. Well, I wonder if other people in this corporation or this organization think of us as like... Uh, I don't know if it's like desk jockeys is the right word, but like paper pushers. Yeah. Like... Like bookish people, like yeah. scientist types. Yeah. Uh, and that, like, I don't know. We do all the research, but other people like do the actual actions. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. So I, I sort of think that people might see us sort of negatively. But they don't take us seriously as like. As pilots. Yeah. Yes, I would agree with that. 
Yeah, as pilots. Like, we're an important... We would be an important department in an actual corporation, but I don't know that we would be taken seriously when we're put into action. So, yeah, I see that. There's not a lot of PR coming out about the R&D. Right, exactly, yeah. (laughs) So how would you summarize that as an adjective? Can you give us some example adjectives? (laughs) Yeah, so some of the examples in the core are ambitious, brutal, daring, honorable, savvy, and strange. Maybe Uh, strange. Yeah. Kind of. Like, we're, pa- we're paper pushers. I mean, research and development. We're probably a bunch of nerds. Y'all, you two are not nerds. So just to I clarify. I know we are. I know you, we are. You work in research and development, but uh-huh. your job in research and development is getting your hands dirty. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we are probably the test subjects for their the things that they come up with. Oh, maybe. But, but we're still a part of that department. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. But I like I like still having the strange yeah uh, thing associated with us. I wonder about creepy. Oh, like would creepy. the would the rest of R and D like be like ah oh, don't don't talk to the don't talk to the Ekian pilots there. I don't want to be creepy. Okay, I feel like strange is a strange. I like strange. Good... Okay. Yeah. Um, like oh. someone's got to test out the weapons that they make. Yeah, and we're strange enough to be like yeah, give us the thing that might not work. Or exactly. Or, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then you are choosing a forward operating base that you work from. Can you, like, what, like, what is this? Uh, I think this is where you return to after a mission is done. It is where you uh, spend your downtime. It's where when you are, it's headquarters. It's the office, essentially. Okay. So it could be home base five. Like, to be as boring as possible, like that. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. The name could be, like, Home Base 5. Okay. What if it was just called, like, The Lab, but that was, like, a nickname? Yeah. I like that. Like, we're heading back to The Lab. Like, it has a technical yeah. name, but... But we just... The we Lab. Call the Lab. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So you can choose now. Our region is the GGF, the O'Neill Cylinders. We'll get to that. Choose a squad ability. This is a special trick everyone on the uh, squad can call upon. I feel like experimental comms is thematic yeah um thought maybe grounded if we've done these before like these missions before we're probably cooler under pressure and can yeah i like a that a bit more i like grounded but i'd be okay with either of the experimental let's do grounded okay uh so what does that mean uh take plus one die to resist rolls or exhaust one fewer quirk Oh, cool. For AR threats. Oh, nice. Play, take plus one D to recovery when you have AR harm. Next, you have... So you have two upgrades already chosen. Whatever that says. Resolve. resolve. Oh, that's what uh, you're training. You get bonuses to training resolve. Mm-hmm. And you have adepts. You have a, a, an adept fire team. So they are uh, skilled in some way. And we can kind of... We can define what that looks like. Okay. You get to choose two more upgrades. Oh, Okay. The infirmary, maybe? Maybe. I, I thought that made sense, but maybe not. I'm just thinking, like, if we were... Like, if this is a lab where we are doing... The, we're the test subjects, like, stuff has definitely blown up in our face. Yeah. Like, that has definitely happened. I don't know if there's an infirmary in there, but... Also, maybe for R&D, there would be an infirmary to do, like, tests on people. Yeah. I like that. That could be useful. Okay. And the supercomputer also seemed useful. I mean... Although, although having this be a black site <laughs> sounds <laughs> badass. That's true. I'm not exactly sure mechanically what that means, but... I mean, quarters also. Yeah, that's true. Like, if we if we can yeah. live there. Yeah. That would make sense, right? Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we pick quarters and infirmary. Okay. Like, our whole lives are at this lab. We are very strange. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I think that's... It, that's all that we are going to... That's more than we will need for our squad. So let's move to uh, pilot creation. What is the... What playbooks did the two of you choose? I chose the empath, uh, mainly because I was thinking R&D. I probably am like a communications expert, and I always like being an empath, just in general. When it's an option, I tend to gravitate towards that. So... Yeah, I picked empath. We'll see what it turns out. We'll see what it turns into, but right <laughs> yeah. now it's an empath. Okay. Uh, and Zach, uh, I pick the ace. We can figure out what exactly happened, but I'm imagining that maybe 
my pilot was some kind of frontline fighter and got like relegated to R&D for some reason. Oh, interesting. Um, Cause I'm not sure why R&D would necessarily have an ACE or maybe they needed an ACE for like experimental stuff to like yeah. test it out. Um, but yeah, I'm going for a little more fighty, fighty type. Cool. Playbook. You'd be like an astronaut. Yeah. Like during the space race. Yeah. Like when they would test like the high altitude yeah, jumps yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So it says add the three starting action points from your chosen playbook to your character sheet. So you're, you should have three action points already chosen for your, um, in your character's actions, which are insight, prowess, and resolve, as well as expertise and acuity. So expertise and acuity are used for piloting a mech. Okay. And insight, prowess, and resolve are used for yourself, your own actions. So you should have uh, three Mm -hmm. points already established. The next question is, who were you before the war stole from you? So who were you when you were outside of the war? This is your history. Um, You put one point into a pilot or vehicle action that expresses your history. Um, No action can exceed two points, a character creation. So I am realizing that the character that I picked has zero points in their mech. Like, at all. There's nothing. Mm -hmm. So I need to come up with a backstory that'll give me at least one point somewhere. Well, you'll you'll have other chances. Yeah, I know. You don't have to do it with your history. Yeah. But Ekians are used for both uh, military and uh, general labor. Um, and also, if you've been a scientist experimenting with them for a long time, that could have played a, that could play a role. But you'll have other opportunities to do that. Uh, so I think my pilot was like in the military academy and like was like when the war started, um, was sort of already in the pipeline for becoming a pilot. So here's my question. Yeah. Were you in the GGF's? Well, I guess I guess the question might be how long the GGF has been in open warfare against uh, the Novu Sargasu Empire. All right. Did you go to an academy at in the GGF, or did you go to an academy in the Novu Sargasu? Let me rephrase this. So I forget about the academy uh, or the corporation setting. Um, oh, yeah, they, no, no, no. I mean, they're, they're, a, they're a full-fledged government, yeah. too, so they would have academies. Well, I think maybe it makes more sense that during peacetime, I was part of, like, security forces or something like that. Like, they, even if they didn't have a standing army, they still would have needed security and things like that. Okay. So. They, they totally could have had a standing army. I guess my question was, did you go, a, did you go to the... Empire's school, or oh, did you go to a home, like a school at home? Hmm. Uh, I kind of like coming from the Empire school, the Empire's uh, academy. I like that too. And I get a point in something related to that. Yep. Um, I'm gonna take a point in battle. Great. I think I have always been a test subject. Ooh. Um, like I don't think I'm a mutant or anything. But I think I've just always been a test subject. Like, I think experiments were always done on me or done around me or that I always participated in experiments. And I think the reason I was going to give myself a really sad and tragic backstory. Well, you're going to get a tragedy. I know. I know. But I actually think the reason is because my parents were scientists. Okay. And so I think they just did experiments on and around me because they were always doing experiments themselves. Um, So what did the war take from me? I think my parents were doing different kinds of experiments before the war started and then the war started and the experiments they did were more brutal and they were still doing experiments on me. So they like took my, my childhood was already kind of taken, but I think. So we're, we're going to get a tragedy in a moment, but uh, this is well, just you like. Said, well, you said, what did the, the, the war take from I know, but like what, who were you? No, this is who you were before the war stole from you. Who were you? I was the child of scientists who was experimented on. Okay. So where do I want to put a point? Um, study, maybe? Yeah. No, I can't. I'm already full on study. Nah. Possibly engineer or interface? Interface, is, uh, yeah, interface might work. Let me look up the, uh, I think we have, okay, we have uh, the pilot actions sheet defines oh, what each of these right. are. That's right. So interface is to make 
electronics and extension of your body, hack mm. into a technology advanced vehicle, understand strange tech. So that might ma- that mm. might work. Yeah. Um, survey is to observe your surroundings and predict outcomes. Yeah. Spot trouble before it happens, discover an attacker's vulnerabilities. So th- either of those might make sense. Mm. What was was there another one you were, oh, engineer. Yeah. Build or tinker with an object. That also makes sense. I think I any think of those. I like I think I like engineer, but that is I have two in study and one in survey already. Or survey, survey. I'm just like front loading the insight. Mm-hmm. Just like front loading that. So I actually think I'm gonna go with interface, like to tinker with with technology and to not feel any like no hesitation in adding that technology to myself because I've been experimented on forever. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. How has your pilot experienced the costs of war? This is your tragedy. So, Diana, that sounds to me like... My parents experimented on me in brutal ways. Yeah. Do I get a point in... No. Okay. That you get XP if... um, I think if you address it. I'm wondering if my pilot was like a lone survivor of a mission sometime. Like, one with their their squad. Their squad didn't come back. Yeah. They're Mm. the only survivor... That's all I have right now. Maybe is that why you ended up at the R and D? Yeah, maybe there's there's like like circumstances that are a little like unclear as to why I was removed from my post and put in R and D. Yeah, and I was the only one who survived a particular mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with that. I like that. Next, what were you doing before you joined the squad, but after your tragedy? So in between the tragedy and before joining the squad, this is uh, your opening. And what happens when we? Collect this. It's just collect this. When we figure this out, do we get a point somewhere? Or? You do get a point for this one, okay. yes. So my tragedy was that they experimented me on, on me in brutal ways, but I think I ran away from home. I don't know if that changes what my tragedy has to be. No. Um, and I think I went and worked in a mech, like, factory thing, garage. More like a garage, like where where people were fixing them, but some people were, like, creatively trying to make their own stuff in the background and stuff. Cool. But um, I think I think that's what I did. I think I ran away from home and, like, laid low. I didn't go to another research lab. I went to, like, a... I basically went to, like, a mech garage, auto body shop, basically. Like an underground one. Cool. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So I think after my tragedy... I think my pilot was sent to, like, the site ward in the corporation to determine uh, if they had the, like, psychological strength and health to return to active duty. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure exactly what the details are of what happened, but um, I think they spend time in, um, like, a psych infirmary. Okay. Cool. What At what point are you going to put in for spending time in a psych infirmary? So I was thinking command because I oh. wonder if part of this was like not reprogramming, but my pilot having to relearn the ability to be part of a squad or lead mm-hmm. a squad. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I put mine in scan for my vehicle because it says scan is the, to discern the truth around you through your vehicle. Identify the model of approaching vehicles, spot heat signatures. Oh, cool. Um, and I figure if I worked in a shop like that, I would be able to like, you know, you work around cars, you start to figure out what cars are doing what and why they sound weird and stuff. So I thought that made sense. Yeah. I love that. And it gives me one point over on that side. (laughs) I need something up there. Well, uh, so next you are going to define your drive, which is what you hope to change in the world. What is your goal in being involved in this war? What do you hope to do? My understanding is that this could be as simple as uh, get a deed to open an orphanage to as severe as uh, destroy the academy that trained you or something, whatever. Get a deed to open an orphanage. (laughs) Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Call him back. Previous (laughs) characters, that's fine. I mean, my my thing could be to burn down that building. (laughs) That's Uh, some example drives, kill the man responsible for destroying my hometown, become a famous pop idol, get a high-ranking position in the military, build a horse ranch away from the war, develop a weapon that could end the war, make sure that my friends will have a good life. Those are some of the drives that are uh, 
So some of them Let's could. See here. So they could have something to do with the war. Or they could have nothing to do with the war. Mm-hmm. I'm in between avenging my dead squad mates or just wanting to end the war. Ending the war, I think it might be too too velo- too big. big. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think avenging your squad mates is is really solid. Okay, I'll go with that. I want to get back at my parents. They work for the enemy, whose name has escaped me. Nobu Sargasu? Yeah. So I think I specifically want to get back at my parents. Oh, shit. That's good. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. So they're scientists with, with the Empire? Mm-hmm. Ah, shit. Yep. <laughs> oh, and you ran away from them. I did, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. That is your drive. You can earn, uh, by making steps to fulfill your drive, you earn points on the drive clocks, and you can spend those to to do cool things. And next, we are assigning three points to vehicle actions. Mm -hmm. Actions still cannot exceed two points, but you get three points to put in to your vehicle actions. And that's expertise and acuity? Yep. Both? Yep. Okay. You're good at scanning, right? Yeah. I think I'm actually going to add another thing to scanning. I'm going to double okay. my scanning. Maybe I won't then. I was well. I was thinking about it. If you want to take a scan, no, no, no. Take you a scan. Because I was going to put it. Scan seems useful, but I also want to blow stuff up. Yeah. So. <laughs> Next, you have two points split between any pilot and or vehicle actions. We have to put one of each, or one. Nope. Of each you can put them wherever you want. Any ability that you want. Uh, except it still can't exceed two. Yeah. Choose an ability from your playbook. So you have your special abilities, you get to choose one. Um, do we want to go ahead and do two, since we were doing a one-shot? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, choose two special abilities. I think I'm going to take Farsight. What does that do? When you gather information with Survey, take uh, an additional 1D. Oh, cool. The information gained from can be from a place and time that you were not present. Ooh. So are you, like, legit psychic? Like, I think so. empathic? I think so. I think it's because of the um, experiments that my parents have done to me. Okay. Oh, shit. We never named the squad. Mm-mm. All right. We'll make sure we do that. Uh, so I'm taking advanced prototype. I can declare vehicle gear as experimental, and it has minus one load for a minimum of zero. Score. Oh, dang. And when push... When pushed gets increased effect, wait, and when pushed gets increased effect and plus 1D. Not sure what that means. When you're pushed, you have a, when you push. Oh, yeah. When I push, the the gear has increased effect and gets plus 1D. Dang. Nice. I'm going to go with broadcast um, for my second one. When you push yourself, you can also instill a powerful undirected emotion in others or paralyze a person with your mind or voice. Oh, cool. And that's my second one. And I'm going to take Red Comet. You have a rep as a great pilot. When you try to impress or dismay someone with your reputation, take plus one D. When you dramatically reveal yourself, others are briefly stunned. Ooh. That is a Red Comet action figure. Oh. <laughs> that's a, I put a little chibi okay. Red Comet Zaku on. Moving this, this thing in front of them. That is the Red Comet. <laughs> gotcha. Um, okay, awesome. Great. Uh, so you've both chosen two? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, we write our names, pronouns, call sign, and look. Now, is it our look or our vehicle's look? Your look. This is still you as a pilot. And should there be, like, a location or time that we are thinking of for names and pulling from for names? Uh, nope. I'm trying to decide if my parents loved me or not. (laughs) I think that makes a difference in what kind of name I would have gotten. Otherwise, it, it would be, like, child. So I am, I think the only thing that I'm doing is that the royal family or or like royal members of House Sargasu, I'm using Portuguese names. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they were affiliated with the oligarchy or if they are close to the oligarchy. Um, No, I think they were just scientists for the male. Yeah, I think that's the only one that I thought about because I wanted the the royal family to have a like similar sounding names mm-hmm. um, b- because they suck and they're an oligarchy. <laughs> what was Tesla's first name? Nicola. I'm going with Nick. My name is Nick. That's all I've decided though. Okay. I'm named after Nikola Tesla. Can I see what you have? 
a good call sign. Oh, what's your call sign? Bones with a Z. <laughs> How could you do this to me, Zach? <laughs> what? What's wrong with Bones? It's a good, and listen, it's a good call sign. It's a great call sign. <laughs> bones. Bones. I, I can only think of River as a call sign. That's good. Yeah, that's not bad. You you know you're a sign you, you're you're taking your name from a scientist and your call sign from a famous empath. I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah. I support that. I'm bad at this. No, you're not. You're good. River Nick, I need a. Am I Nick or Nikki? I don't like Nick. I super. I'm going with Nikki, but I'm spelling it in a way that doesn't make me want to puke. No one else will know. How how, how well how are you spelling it? N I C Y. Oh, interesting. I can't stand N-I-K-K-I. Apologies to any... I know. It's, no, <laughs> and there, it's, it is 100% because that's my boss's name, so now I can't see it without associating mm. that name with my boss. I like, it's, not, it's not because it's like terrible. It's just because it's my boss's name, so now I can't stand it. Sure. <laughs> um, and then N-I-C-K-Y looks like a little kid's name to me. Like it just... That's fair. So, going with N-I-C-Y. Or an Adam Sandler movie. Or an Adam Sandler movie. And I look like somebody. It doesn't matter. I'm glad. I got it. I got it. Are we introducing ourselves? Uh, yeah. Let, let me hear what you guys put down. Okay. Uh, so my ace pilot is Izzy. Izzy. Nice. She, her. I-Z-Z-Y. Call sign Bones with a Z. Um, and I, I'm picturing, like, she has a helmet that has, like, uh... Maybe, like, skull and crossbone, like, uh, decorations on it. Cool. Um, she's tall, lithe, and has, uh, like, shoulder-length, like, neon blue hair. Very anime. Yeah. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I'm Nikki. She, her pronouns, call sign River. I have hand-cut short brown hair. Like, I clearly just went to the bathroom and took some scissors and started chopping at my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I look like. With everything I've got, it's just kind of like hodgepodge thrown together. Um, I'm short, but I'm thin. Um, not like grossly thin, but I, I just look like I could blow over a little. I'm short. I'm small. Cool. Lastly, we're going to do vehicle creation. So I sent you both, uh, as I think I, as I've said before, a Pinterest board of mechs that uh, I thought I would like us to use kind of for inspiration. You don't have to use any of them directly, but I just wanted to kind of make sure we were all on a similar page aesthetically. And we will link that Pinterest board in the uh, show description. The way that mechs work in this game is we have a mech, uh, our, our vehicle has a name, and that's kind of the name that we've given it or that you've given it. It doesn't have to be like an official name. It's not like, it, like whatever. Um, a vehicle model, a vehicle look, and then your vehicle will have four quirks. You use your quirks to resist damage or to resist a bad outcome. Each quirk has two descriptors that determine when the quirk can be used. Um, these descriptors show how the pilot can push their vehicle in just the right way to get more out of it than it is designed for. So similar to the quirks that we had in mechs into plowshares. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So some example quirks are ominous appearance, flexible structure, slow and heavy, military workhorse, fixed hard points. Generally, it's like it's two descriptors and the easy way to think of it is one is good, one is bad. Okay. Or like good except for when blank, right? Mm-hmm. We're going with the low mid. Yeah. Ones. And you can just use those for just for inspiration. Yeah. So you're going to choose the look of your vehicle and name its model and manufacturer. Mm-hmm. You're going to choose your vehicle's load, but you don't detail what gear it has at the time. Oh, that, so that's one thing. So your your pilot's load, will, you can change yeah. during the mission. Your mech's load is always the same. So mm-hmm. it's always light, medium, or, he- or heavy. Mm-hmm. You can choose what gear your mech might be carrying, but because like that's so tied into the size and shape of your Echion, mm-hmm. um, right? You're gonna choose the size now. Yeah, I feel like this would look really weird, but I feel like I have either antenna or satellite 
on my head. What? Oh, your Mac. Yeah, on my <laughs> Mac. Yeah, on my Mac. I, maybe antennae make more sense. Maybe it kind of looks like a crown, but it's just a bunch of antennae to gather information. Like, I'm mm. a psychic, and I feel like my... Or I'm not a psychic, but I'm an empath. And I feel like my mech is kind of does that with this... Like, I put some in scanning. I feel like... That sounds cool. I feel like I have antennae, but I don't know what the rest of it looks like. I was trying to find examples of what that might look like. But. Mm-hmm. You can also... so. I'm recommending we look in the low mid super category, but there's also the mid high super category, go ahead, go ahead. which is also applicable. Now, vehicle name is that our nickname for our vehicle? That's or? what you call it specifically. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like your call sign. Yeah. And we come up with these quirks. They're just like things that we say about it. Yeah. There, there are things that your mech can do. So. Um, Unique qualities a vehicle possesses. Um, they are not wholly positive, and if all of them are applied without maintenance, the whole the vehicle will suffer a breakdown. Okay. Um, every vehicle starts with four quirks. Each quirk has two descriptors that determine when the quirk can be used. These descriptors show how the pilot can push their vehicle in just the right way to get more than it is designed for. So some examples are ominous appearance, flexible structure, slow and heavy, Military workhorse. You should be able to use them both positively and negatively. Okay. Guys, I love giant robots. <laughs> An ex-girlfriend of mine, long, long time ago, once got really mad at me because she asked me if I had three wishes, what would I wish for? And one of my answers was a giant robot. And she got legitimately very angry with me. <laughs> Why didn't that relationship work <laughs> I wonder. Damn, quirks are hard. I remember yeah. having a hard time with this last time, too. Can you read two of those examples one more time? Um, military workhorse, uh, blinding boosters, splintering carapace. What's a carapace? Like a shell. Oh. Light-footed, common parts, redundant systems, aggressive targeters. Uh, I believe we can also get random. There's, I think there's random quirks in here if you want to try that. Might be a good starting point. I'm having a hard time. So I think I know what I want my mech to do and have in it. I just don't know how to make it a quirk. What what do you want it to do? I want, so I want my mech to be bulky in the middle because it has a lot of technology inside of it. But it's not all like, it's like a submarine. Like it's got all these scanning, you know, like when you see submarines on TV, it's got all these like different screens and they're all showing different Mm -hmm. things. That's what I think my mech does. Like it's good at scanning. It's good at like predicting and all that stuff. So I think I have a lot of screens in the middle. It's heavy in the middle because of technology. Why not, why not go with bulky core? I have it descriptive as bulky, but I can bulky core as a quirk. Yeah. I think you could do bulky core as a quirk. Or you could do, like, lots of readouts or something. I was kind of thinking... Oh, here's some example mecha. Uh, Let's see. Rubbery and flexible. Strategically structured. Disturbing hover. Iconic. Fragile appearance. Exposed boosters. Gentle hands. Loads of guns. um, (laughs) Clawed hands. Simple construction. Powerful grip. Exposed cockpit. Wide open. Heavy lifting. You want more? Could a simple exterior be a quirk? Yeah. Like, I don't look like I'm bringing a lot. I want one surprise, I think. But I don't think I'm bringing a lot. Here's all-terrain, unusual movement, stable efficiency, civilian design. Um, You could do, like, Spartan design or simple design or something like that. Unassuming design. Experimental design? Experimental design. Oh, I like unassuming design. Y'all still want random quirks? <sighs> Give me one. Roll a d6. Six. Uh, aggressive targeters. Okay. One. Light-footed. Okay. All right, do we have everything for our mech now? I need one more. Just give me one more random one. Five. Uh, redundant systems. I don't like that. Okay. What so do you I'm want? Gonna, what do you so want? I'm going to go use what one of you said, um, like te- not technology heavy, but. Um, dripping in technology. <laughs> but maybe like, or no, you said readout heavy. Can I do that? What about, um, what about uh, 
don't like redundant. Because you want you you want your cockpit to be like covered in screens, yeah, right? Yeah, it's my cock like a complex cockpit. Why not complex? Do complex cockpit. I'm doing that, especially since the outside is so simple. Okay, done. Okay, I'm done too. So tell me about your vehicles. So Bones's vehicle is a Vale model uh, mech. Uh, Bones calls it Ladybug. Uh, it's a gunmetal black uh, mech, and it has like neon red trim around it. Okay. And uh, it has like neon red uh, like skull decals, um, and I think it has a it has an arm shield on its left uh, arm that's like full body length. So if it needs to, it can cover its whole body. Cool. Um, and I think it has a neon red skull decal on that also. Nice. Um, and then I think uh, like a large machine gun uh, in the other arm. Um, and uh, so the quirks for Ladybug are ominous appearance. Yeah. Um, I also picked locking joints. So like it, if it needed to like absorb a blow, it could mm. like lock up. Cool. Um, experimental design because I, I think uh, maybe the Veil class is like still in development. And this is sort of a test model. Um, and aggressive targeters. Um, it's very gun heavy, so. Okay. So Nikki slash River. River's Gundam is... I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? River's um, River's vehicle, she calls it Song. Oh, God. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading River your character sheet like, what's the joke? Yeah, River Song. Uh. Uh, River and Song. <laughs> And the vehicle model is a GGF Liebird, Liebird. Mm. I like that. And I looked it up. Liebirds. I specifically picked a Liebird because they mimic sounds. Yeah. Oh. Um. And so, and the vehicle song, it all fits together. Ooh. I made it all go together. Very symbolic. <laughs> um. But so, song has like a. It's it. It kind of ends up looking like a crown or like a tiara of um, antennae on the head to kind of pick up signals from everywhere. Um, bulk, like I said, bulky middle, thinner arms. Like my legs don't look like they're good for boosting and jumping, and my arms are a little bit thinner, and they don't have guns. There's nothing like obvious about it. Um, it is like patchworked together. The colors don't all super match, and there's not like cool designs or anything. It's just like a really simple, unassuming looking um, mech. But like I said, the co- the cockpit has been souped out with technology that like probably shouldn't belong. I think this has probably been, this is an experimental model. Like they're, they, they didn't mess with the outside cause that's not the experiment. The inside is the experiment. And so the cockpit has all these readings and that's why there's a crown of antennae to read all sorts of stuff. And um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. But it looks like a person otherwise, like it has hands and feet, not clawed or anything. Great. But yeah, river and song, river song. <laughs> Hitting on two rivers. Two nerdums. <laughs> Sounds good. We also need to choose contacts. How am I missing stuff? Like our friend and our enemy? Yes. For the squad? Uh, yeah, so, uh, well, or no. We need to choose, um, we have connections to each other. Okay. Where are those connections? Where does it say connections? I don't see it on this character sheet. I don't see connections either. But you're going to have a connection with each other with your beliefs about the other person. So let's put the other person's name down somewhere. Let's do it at the bottom of the sheet. I'm sure there's a spot that we're just not seeing. Yeah. Well, so put down a connection clock and then you create one belief you have. a clock? I need to make a clock? Yeah. And then create one belief you have about the other pilot. How long do you think we've been working together? Long enough that you know each other. Mm-hmm. I think the mission that we're going to, or I don't know, what do you think? Do you want this to be your first mission together? Do you want this to be your 10th mission together? I'm wondering if maybe we've gone on like a couple routine missions together, but never anything super serious. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is your, so this is a multi-day mission that you're going to be on. So I imagine this is the first one of those. Yeah. Maybe okay. we've done a couple like day outings yeah. to do things, but. I agree. So a belief that I have about you. I think my belief about River is she needs me to look out for her during missions. Like she needs not babysitting, but she needs she needs my protection mm. during missions. Mm-hmm. I think my belief about you is that you're too impulsive. That you act first without 
thinking. Where I feel like impulsive means that like you make bad decisions, and that's not what I mean. I just think that you're quick to act without. Yeah. Looking at all of the screens. <laughs> My thing is like two screens. Yeah, I'm picturing like <laughs> I'm picturing like yeah. little screen here, big screen here, tiny like da, 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 all over the place, just like yeah, all kinds out. of information coming. Yeah, at you. like read out and like. <laughs> I wonder if like I got. I got my experimental neck and I had that and I was like, no, <laughs> take most of these out. I need how much gas is in this and where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I think the last thing that we missed, or there's some other stuff. There's like friends and, and stuff, but I don't think we're going to get to that. Let's uh, name the squad. What is the name of your squad? Thematically, you are both very not scary. Well, no, that's not true. You are the, yeah. Your appearance is very scary. My why, mech's appearance is very why scary. Why did you name your very scary skull-covered mech Ladybug? Exactly. It's red. <laughs> and it's red. Well, Red in other colors. Okay. That's... But I think, like, I, I'm picturing Izzy also has this, like, she knows the mech is very imposing. Yeah. And, like, when other people hear her call it Ladybug, it's like... Like, fucks with it. Yeah. 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 She's, it's partially, like, her fucking with other people. Yeah. That's funny. And I think, personally, an empath whose call sign is River is fucking terrifying. But you have to know who River is. Does Firefly exist in this universe? It does, because I've named myself River. Also, Doctor Who exists, because I've named my, my vehicle Song. Oh, River. Wait. Oh, shit. River Song is from Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. What's her name in... It's River... Tan. Tam. River Tam. Mm-hmm is the empath and yeah. you nerd <laughs> <laughs> i know i called it out is your squad name eighth plutarch region research and development team i feel like we would have come up with a nickname for it though crazy eights okay yeah we're the crazy eights that makes sense with being strange and who yeah. we are yeah and I, I imagine it's sort of it was sort of like derogatory yeah like other people came up with it yeah but we just we took it. it yeah yeah i like that all right i think that's everything cool okay so next week we are going to be playing our first game of beam saber uh i don't know if it's going to be a one-off or a two-off but uh we're going to be coming at you with beam saber in the rings of woden featuring bones uh, Izzy Bones, do you have a last name? I didn't have a last name. I okay. didn't either. Izzy, Izzy Bones and River... Nick, Nicky River. Nicky River. <laughs> Nicky River sounds like the lead singer of a <laughs> hair band. <laughs> the Crazy Eights. The Crazy <laughs> Eights. <laughs> That's us. Hi all, Zach here, by my lonesome, doing the outro. Everyone else is very busy. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. We really hope that you enjoyed the episode. Once again, that game is Beam Saber. It is by Austin Ramsey, who you can find on Twitter at NotAnIn. And you can find the Beam Saber Kickstarter at tinyurl.com forward slash Beam Saber Kickstarter. It is either in a notification stage where you can sign up to get notified or it is live, in which case you should go and back it. We had a blast with this game. It is a lot of fun. We also want to say that our first episode of Beam Saber is going to come out next week. And I believe the final episode of our Beam Saber story will come out the week after that. Following that, we are going to be starting our next major campaign, the Blood Gold Campaign. We have a lot of really cool stuff planned for the Blood Gold Campaign, so please keep an eye on that. We're super excited. We'll have more information in the coming weeks, but we are getting ready to launch the next long-term Heart Points campaign, and I think we have something really cool for you. I think you're really going to enjoy it, so... Uh, please check it out. Keep an ear to the ground, and we will check in with you soon. We want to thank Zach B., our editor and producer and player in this series, uh, without whom the show would not get made. Zach does a lot of work to make us sound good. We also want to thank In Love with a Ghost for the use of their song, Chilling at Nemu's Place, off of the album Healing. You can find In Love with a Ghost at inlovewiththeghost.bandcamp.com.
please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It means a lot to us, and it helps other people to find us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HeartPointsPod. Please follow us and join us for discussion about RPGs and podcasts, and make sure to share us with everyone you know, especially your RPG-loving friends. If you enjoy the show, the best thing you can do to help us out is to share us with people and to talk about us wherever your communities lie. It means a lot. It makes us feel good, and it helps us keep doing this. The other really helpful thing you can do is join our Patreon. We want to especially thank our patrons who are allowing us to keep this show going. If you would like to become a patron of the show, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash heartpointspod. Becoming a patron allows you to directly support the show and help us to maintain and better it every week, while getting cool rewards like access to our patron-only Discord, a monthly campfire pod, and other thanks. A huge thank you to our patrons. Uh, We've been having some technical issues with our mics and because of our patrons we were able to upgrade to a pair of yeti mics which we are (laughs) we had different technical issues so i hope that these episodes sound good we hope that they are going to sound even better in the future as we figure out how to make our yeti mics uh work for us better thank you all again for joining us in our adventure today We hope that as you return back to the real world, that you continue to have a very nice day. But, like, a very, very nice one. (laughs) 